Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Welcome to NBA Today with Malika Andrews, live from Los Angeles. Coming up on NBA Today, it's that time of year, baby. Two huge elimination games tonight on ESPN. So who steps up? Our panel picked the most important players ahead of tonight's Game 6s. Plus, the Celtics, they took care of business last night against the Hawks. But now that that series is over, how confident is everyone feeling in the Eastern Conference champs? And speaking of advancing, both series in the East, they are set. Jimmy versus Brunson, Tatum versus Embiid. Oh, baby, it's Friday. Let's get this show started. Welcome to NBA Today. It is all hands on deck today. Richard Jefferson, Malika Andrews, Cheney Agumake, Kendrick Perkins, Zach Lowe is standing by, as well as Adrian Wojnarowski. And the Celtics and Hawks game, I mean, it was a little closer, right, than we expected maybe it to be. So we're going to get to that because the Celtics did handle their business. But we have to start with two massive game sixes Woo! that are going down tonight on ESPN. We have the Warriors, the Lakers. They can both close out their first round series at home tonight. So with that, let's bring Zach Lowe into this conversation because out of all of the players, Zach, who are going to see the floor for these four teams, who is the singular most important guy? It's still all these years later, LeBron James, LeBron because James. the Lakers should not want any part of going back to Memphis for a game seven. And I thought LeBron, by his standards, played a passive game in game five. Five of 17, nine of his shots were threes. And we saw Memphis went all in on shooting. They played smaller, they played more guards, more Luke Kennard, more Tyus Jones with John Moran. If LeBron has a well-spaced floor for his team and the other team has all those little guards on defense, that is hunting time for LeBron. Mm. That is, where is Luke Kennard? Bring him into a pick and roll with me. And if they switch, I'm posting up. Where's Ja? Where's Tyus? And we didn't see that bully ball gear from him in that game. And that's fine. That's the luxury of a 3-1 lead with game six at home. He's 38 years old. He's played more minutes than all but one guy in the history of the league. But tonight, I expect to see that guy come out if Memphis plays small like that again and try to pound the Grizzlies into that good night in the playoffs. Okay, so Shanae, this can be the most important player from any of the games tonight, any of the four teams. Who are you taking? Yeah, if we thought about the big scheme of things, the big picture, obviously LeBron James, but specifically this is game six. And who was built for game sixes? We all know the answer. Mm. Clay Thompson. Clay Thompson, he shoots almost 50% from three. The Warriors, they sort of had a lot of drama in this series. And if he's able to show up in his game six Clay version. Oh, game six Clay version. I mean, well, I. Well, oh, oh, no. Oh, 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 I can't. You said game six Clay. You said the magic word. So let's just remind the people the magnum opus. It was 2016, Janae. 41 points, a record 11 three pointers. Big win here to keep their series alive. 
alive. They're seeing it alive this. at this point. <laughs> and we then we keep it pushing today because it's 2018. Down three to two to the Rockets, and Clay Thompson has 35 points, nine triples, and a 29-point blowout. I mean, my goodness, look at young Clay Thompson. Young there. Clay. And then last postseason, of course, helped close Ooh. out the Grizzlies. High 30 points, eight threes. The Dubs won by 14. I'll let you get back to your point, Janae. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I get the logic. I get the takes. But right here, this is all about vibes. This is all about feelings. This is all about emotions. He's made this a thing. Klay mm -hmm. Thompson showing up in game six. You see the numbers right there. 48% shooting from three. That is wild. And so looking at this, just for fun, that's something fun to follow tonight. It's yeah. going to be fun unless unless you're on the other side. Well, that's true. Sorry, on, I still love the, the light the beam crew. Who are you looking but at, Phil? I'm going with the other. Okay, like we could easily There's pick four. out. Yeah. No, yeah. but I'm saying. But what I'm saying is, let me finish. Okay, let me finish. We could easily pick out the superstars and the stars, but we know it's going to be an unsung hero in one of these games that are going to help one of these teams elevate and get the win. And I'm going with Dennis Schroeder. When I look at the Los Angeles Lakers and I look at this series, Desmond Bain and John Morant has had it their way on the perimeter. And no offense to D'Angelo Russell. I believe he, he, can, he can provide an offensive spark but he's not Dennis Schroeder when it comes down to being a pest on the defensive end, picking up 94 feet, being able to at least contain John Moran at certain, in certain uh, points of the game, even Desmond Baines. If the Lakers want to win this, Darvin Ham has to play him more than 19 minutes, okay? He got to put it up to about 30. Like, I expect more minutes mm. for Dennis Schroeder. I think he's going to be the deciding factor on why the Lakers win this game tonight. No, I, I do agree with a large portion of what you said. D'Angelo Russell, to me, is at the point now where if he's not scoring, he's not doing much else for you. So you want to give him that opportunity. And he's played so well late that I think it's hard to kind of just say, hey, we're going we're gonna to skip on you. We're going to move to Schroeder. This is what I'm talking about. I want to tell you guys what the real key is, right? Because we got two games here. Tie your shoe, Richard. You know what? My, my shoe ain't tied because you know what? I like to keep it casual. It's casual Monday here in the studio. It's so we Friday. Talk about it. it's, Friday. it's Friday for y'all. Anyway. This is who I think is the key. It is Draymond Green and Kevon Looney. I think these two are going to be the key to the game. Why? Because of their defense on Sabonis. Sabonis is the hub of everything that they do on the offensive end in Sacramento. So if we roll Z-tape, we can show you some of the things. Now here, look at how they're guarding Sabonis. Look, they have so much depth, and Draymond now gets to play free center. Or, or free safety, excuse me. He's got... An okay shooter there in the corner. But watch, Draymond gets to float. Now Draymond gets to go. Go back to his man. See, Draymond's allowed to be free safety, and Kevon Looney is there to guard every single thing that they need. Now here, again, you put Draymond on in the pick and roll. Now Draymond is guarding him. Look, he's able to play, play free safety, get to De'Aaron Fox, because you know De'Aaron Fox, you got to have two people guarding him at all times. But Draymond Green's activity has been outstanding. And then if he's able to give you something offensively, 
He scored 20 points for the first time all season. He scored 21 points for the first time in a playoff game since 2019. So to me, if we're talking about the most important cog of this game, if Draymond Green plays well, yep. if Draymond Green plays to that level, it doesn't have to give you 20. If he gives you 15 points, if he does what he's done defensively, I think the, the Golden State Warriors ain't going to have no problems. So he's come off the bench the last two games. Shanae, what, what do you expect? Would you bring him off the bench again in this game? If I would. <laughs> First of all, if you have an unbothered player who can make that strategic move mm -hmm. and really just feel like he's doing the best thing for the team, it has translated to wins. The game in which he did not play, obviously he drove to the arena and said, hey, yo, I see what is happening when I am coming off the bench and yep. with the rotations. And as I said before, it's not how you start, it's how you finish. That's what Perk said. And so what they see is that they have better offensive floor spacing. Jordan Poole seems more consistent shooting the ball and just sort of feels like he's more involved early on. And then lastly, he's out there just playing defense and playing to his strengths. And so I think, Richard, you're exactly right. Maybe your answer is his answer, the others. Um, because the others stepping up, I know a lot of people will focus on stuff. A lot of people will focus on Clay. Like see. yourself. Yeah, what do you mean? Like you just said, you claim said a lot of people are going to focus well, on Clay. You just did a game six yeah. play. What do you mean what I mean? What no, but what I'm saying is the others, Kevon and Draymond, could really be the ones that impact them. I, so I you agree. guys have the same ish answers. No, 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 no. Well, we well, don't have the same Never? Since we're talking about Golden State, I'm actually riding with them now. I'm actually riding with them. Oh, yeah, so I'm you're, actually you're a, jumping ship? Yeah, I am. I'm jumping ship right now. I'm actually a fan of the Golden State Warriors. I believe that. One, they're the smartest team in the league right now. I'm watching teams around the league and the quote-unquote contenders, they're playing dumb basketball, stupid basketball. Coaches are making dumb decisions. And when I look at this, at this team, Draymond Green getting suspended was the best thing that happened to this Warriors team because – to me, it made them come closer together. Now, all of a sudden, when Draymond comes back and he tells Steve Kerr, hey, you know what? I'm going to take a lesser role. I'm going to come off the bench. All of a sudden, guess what? The energy kind of changed in the locker room. Mm -hmm. And now all of a sudden, you give a certain level of confidence to Looney to go out there and be the best version of himself. And I'm actually loving the six-man Draymond. They might need to ride with that through the rest of the playoffs because, again, it's not who starts, it's who, it's who finished. So when I'm looking at them playing, Clay shot making, along with what Steph has been doing, looking like arguably the best player in the, in the playoffs outside of Jimmy Butler, I just don't know if the team have the depth, the intelligence, and the the sacrifice to beat this team in a seven-game series. Well, well, look, I, I get what you're saying, and sometimes I think when the situation happened with Draymond at the beginning of the year, it, it broke. It did. It mm -hmm. did break the team apart. Like they, that's yeah. what they haven't been disjointed. So now all of a sudden, Draymond gets a chance to be like team first. Here, this is about you guys. Good point. Like, I'm going to come off the bench. I Look, I know I have my issues, but when it comes to winning and when it comes to the game of basketball, team first, and like to your point, that can bring, bring the team together. The last thing I'll say is of these two games, right, the team that gets – if this goes seven, the difference is I believe that the Warriors can win in seven. I don't think that the mm. Lakers can win in seven on the road. Oh, that's agreed. The, that's the difference. That's <laughs> the difference. So this Memphis-Laker game, it's all about game six. The Warriors, in my humble opinion, they have a little bit more Even leeway. Even with their road struggles. Even with their road struggles. They just won last well, – they just won a game on Fair. the road. I'm not going to root it. I'm not going to bet against, like, the Golden State Warriors and their team. This is must-win for the Lakers. The, right. Yeah, the Lakers – 
It's, I, hard. it's, it's much more. You don't want to put the extra it, miles on either. Yeah, but it's it's hard for me to doubt Braun in the I'm game. I'm not seven. doubting Braun. It ain't Braun, I'm doubting. I can't count him out. I, 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 who you doubt? All right, true. <laughs> How many other players have got on their roster? <laughs> Under Steve Kerr, at least, the, the Warriors, they're 10-3 and three at home with an opportunity to clinch a series as opposed to 12-7 and mm-hmm. seven on the road. So it does get a little bit shakier. Game sixes going down. And speaking of game sixes, the Jays, they closed out the Hawks last night in time. the A. So Woj is here with the latest on Trey Young's future and so much more. Plus, we are going to take a deeper dive into the showdown between LeBron James and John Morant. Can the Lakers close this series out at home? Plus, we're going to hear from the Memphis Grizzlies. That's coming up shortly. And Booker and the Suns, they head to Denver to take on Jokic and the Nuggets. Cheney, Perk, Richard, they make their series picks. You can only pick one today. I've got one. Okay. We'll be right back. <laughs> I want to talk about the Celtics. <laughs> now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyeho Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Let's head down to the A, my friends, because game six last night between the Celtics and the Hawks, it came down to the final couple of minutes. Jason Tatum, but it's the man behind him, Jalen Brown, that you need to keep an eye on. And, of course, Trey Young, he started this game off red hot, Janae. I mean, 18 points in the first quarter. This guy, he's done a really good job of riding the ship, especially second half of the season. And you just feel like, okay, there's there's things to look forward to if you're Hawks fans with how he's handled all the adversity. 25 points in the first half for Young, but just five in the second. That's when Jalen Brown took over, Rich. Yeah, Jalen Brown was special. This is the thing. When you talk about two superstars being in sync in the in the postseason, I think Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, they are the two best superstars right now that are left, in my mm. opinion. I'll, like, if you combine, if you, I think that they are the two best Book players. And KD. I think that they are better, they're better suited, like their squad, the way they complement each other, okay. in my humble opinion. I'm not saying more talented than Kevin Durant and Jeff, <laughs> Jeff Booker. I'm saying in sync for what their team needs okay. for them for 48 minutes. Not to mention their supporting cast is exceptional because when you have a big guy who can also <laughs> make a big three, Jason Tatum coming in on cleanup duty there, but even the brightest superstars like Jason Tatum after the win, have to offer an apology to our musical legends. <laughs> I want to send an apology to uh, the legend Janet Jackson. We were supposed to close it out in Boston. She had the postpartum show. I hope, I hope she see this. Uh, you know, I apologize for that, but we got it done today. You got to come out and be ready to play and be ready to go. No matter what it looked like on paper, um, and no matter what it looked like, you know, in the media or in the news, you got to come out and play basketball. You got teams that's not going back down. You got guys that's going to come out and test you. And um, Atlanta Hawks did that. 
Jalen Brown, 32 points, 6 of 8 on three-pointers. The Celtics, though, they get the second round with huge effort from Tatum and Jalen to close things out. Brown and Tatum are the fifth duo in Celtics history to each have 30 points in a series-clinching win, and they're the first duo to accomplish that feat since Burke and McHale in 1988. So the Celtics, when you, you look at the betting lines, right, as we welcome in our senior NBA insider, Adrian Wojnarowski, they're still far and away the favorites to win the title, but their first-round series went maybe a little bit farther than anyone than Janet Jackson was expecting <laughs> things to. So, so I'm going to start with you here, Woj. When you look at these, these Celtics, do you feel better or worse? What is the league thinking as they look at this team after that series? Listen, this is still as talented of a team, as deep of a team uh, that there is in the playoffs, a team that still last year was two games away from winning a title. And, I mean, think back to 2008, Perks Boston team that rolled through the rest of the playoffs to win a championship. They went seven games in that first round uh, against the Atlanta Hawks. Uh, this was a six-game series. I still think this is a Boston team uh, that is built to win a championship. And sometimes just getting out of that first round right. uh, and getting through it um, allows you to sort of get your bearings. But they're going to face uh, a monster Philadelphia team mm. that has a lot on the line and has been waiting all season knowing they were going to have to get through the Celtics to get to where they want to go. Yeah, I agree, but because when you have a guy like Derek White who can average 18 in the series, who's their fifth best player, but I will say this. I did see some flaws in this series with the Boston Celtics, starting with Joe Missoula. I saw certain situations he could have handled them better, and then I see some things out there on the floor that I'm watching, and I'm saying – that's not championship caliber basketball. That's not a championship type shot. Like, you know, shots that Marcus Smart is, is taking early in the shot clock that I feel like maybe you should pull it out, set up, set up the offense. Their defense hasn't been great this series. And when you're going against Joel Embiid, Harden, Tyrese Maxey, and then you could throw in Tobias Harris, you have to be on point like Rondo. And I just want to see this matchup. I think it's going to be a lot closer than what people expect it to be. Mm. It's not going to be a cakewalk with the, uh, for us, the Sixers coming in town, and I think they have something to prove, and Joe Mazzulla is going to have to prove something as well going against Doc Rivers. Now, I said a couple of days ago, maybe about a week ago, I said that the Boston Celtics are were probably the second deepest team behind the Milwaukee Bucks. I said the Milwaukee Bucks had more depth. They had more everything. So now the Celtics fans are all in my mentions. And, oh, y'all barely beat a healthy or a, a, a banged up Atlanta Hawks team. And then DeJounte Murray was injured. You guys still lost to them. And it went six. My only thing is this. Boston has the most talented team left in, in the postseason, in my, in my opinion. They are now my pick to win a championship. But ultimately, Boston fans, don't start doing this whole victory lap now the Milwaukee's out. Mm -hmm. Don't start doing that <laughs> because what they played versus what you played, what their situation was, losing their best player for two and a half games, possibly the MVP, that's very different than what you guys had as a fully healthy roster. So, you guys are the best lefts, but don't start doing this victory tour. That's and, all I'm going to say. And life can come at you fast, especially in the playoffs. But what I will say to push back a little bit on you, Perk, is I think that the reason why they probably feel okay advancing to the next round is they knew they ran out of gas when it came to the NBA Finals. Mm. And sometimes when you go all out and you put so much pressure on yourself, you end up making more mistakes. So they made some mistakes. They're probably going to learn from them. I think absolutely you're correct on Joe Mazzula. There has to be timeouts. There has to be strategic plays. There has to be direction 
option for players like Marcus Smart instead of just going willy-nilly out there. Willy-nilly? So, yeah. I mean, what's wrong with that word? Willy-nilly. So I think that there are growing experiences that also helps them in this situation. Zach Lowe, where do you fall on this? Look, I, I feel great about Boston, but it must be Friday because I kind of agree with Perk. I still feel great about Boston. They're awesome. They're super talented. And by the way, credit to the Hawks. I counted them out in that series when they lost the first two games, and they rallied back to make it a series. I just, with Perk, like, just some plays, like these open threes late in the stretch run are just defensive breakdowns, letting the Hawks back in a game, not guarding the inbounds passer. Yeah, you're up by eight. How about not letting them get a clean look at a three up by eight? There was just a certain looseness to the way Boston played these last two games. Obviously, blowing a big lead in the previous game at home. A certain looseness that, like Perk said, mm. is not going to cut it as the competition gets better. And Perk mentioned people thinking this is going to be a cakewalk for Boston. I hope nobody thinks that because there is no cake and no walking <laughs> if Joel Embiid is healthy against the Philadelphia 76ers. Whoever is out there saying that, I haven't heard it. But if right. people think anyone is cakewalking by Joel Embiid, <laughs> they are wrong. Boston's got to bring its A game in this series. Let's check in on the other side of this, Woj, the Atlanta Hawks. Let's listen to Trey Young after last night's game on the future of this team. Trey, I know it's tough because you just lost a playoff series, but what is what have these last six, eight weeks been like for you um, playing under Quinn, and what are your thoughts on the future? Uh, I mean, Quinn is the future. I mean, I, I believe uh, with him here, uh, the city's going to win a championship. And uh, it's just about bringing in the right pieces for him. And, um, I mean, him obviously getting a full summer to bring in his people and uh, training camp to put in what he wants to put in. It's kind of tough when you get in the position halfway through the year and you kind of want to put in your stuff. But um, we're kind of already halfway through the year and everybody's played 40, 50 games or 30 games, how many we were played at that point. But uh, we just, I, I think he's going to be great for us. and. I'm excited for the future with him. So Woj Trey clearly optimistic here, but what is the future, the next steps here for Atlanta? Well, th this is why Landry Fields, Atlanta's GM, wanted to bring Quinn Snyder in with 20 games left in the regular season. He walks in uh, out of coaching this year mm -hmm. without his own coaching staff, literally walks into a practice and coaches a game and starts. And you could see by the time they got into the play-in tournament, going to Miami and winning, and then winning two games against Boston. You could see, even in this short window, the growth on the court, but you talk to people in Atlanta and the growth off the court uh, with Trey Young, with DeJounte Murray, and certainly building around those two. But I think part of why they brought Quinn Snyder in was to start building those relationships. Uh, he's done that with Trey Young. And also getting a sense of who they might want to keep. He gets a better sense now of the personnel and who he can build with who they might want to move on, what they need. Uh, but I think the growth for, for Trey Young with Quinn Snyder has been exponential for that organization in a short period. Now in the offseason, Quinn Snyder gets to put in his own coaching staff, gets to put in his own program. And I think right now for Trey Young, I think this is the best thing that's ever happened in his career. Mm, yeah, Perk was mentioning the other day on the show how impressed you were with the, with the growth here of Trey Young. If we could, though, guys, I want to pivot to another team in the Eastern Conference here, the Milwaukee Bucks, an early exit for them. But now that the dust has settled a little bit, Woj, what is the, the fallout? There's so much noise around what could happen in the offseason uh, for, for Milwaukee. What's the actuality? Uh, I think this is an organization in shock right now. Mm. I still think they're decompressing 
for how this Miami series ended, how suddenly it ended, and then where do they go from here? I think people certainly look at Mike Budenholzer, their head coach, who they won a championship with, have won a lot in the postseason with Budenholzer. Uh, he's got two years left on his deal, about $16 million or so. I think Milwaukee is going to certainly take their time. I think there were a lot of exit meetings in the last couple of days, mm. players, coaches, front office sitting and talking. I think they're going to continue to do that. This is a very deliberate organization under John Horst. You also have new ownership in. Mark Lazary, who was a co-owner, is out. Uh, the Haslam family is in. West Edens is still part of that. So you have a different dynamic in ownership, and that certainly can impact things. Uh, but I think this is a, a Milwaukee organization that is going to take their time. Because here's the thing, when you talk about a Mike Budenholzer, you talk about a Doc Rivers in Philadelphia mm. with championship-level teams, and people talk about if they don't advance this far, they're going to be gone. you got to know who you are going to bring in and right. who is out there at a championship level that you can bring in that's better than what you know you have. And that's a very short list. And I think when you look at coaches like Mike Budenholzer, like Doc Rivers, these are very complicated questions. I don't think there'll be a quick resolution in terms of making a decision on Budenholzer's future. Uh, I think they've got to come down from the shock of this and, and get past the emotion and really analyze this thing. Mike Budenholzer certainly proven in Milwaukee, but the Bucks have been eliminated, the Heat move on, and we're going to focus on the teams that are still in these playoffs because still to come on NBA Today, the Suns, they're on their way to Denver tomorrow night for game one. How are we already at that point? We're going to preview that superstar matchup on the other side of this break. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Booker, heat check. Yeah, it was spiritual. I don't scream too much in the games no more as I got older, but when we hit that three on, on the top of the key, I felt the energy. He was doing what Book does. There were times where he was taking what the defense gave him, and then there were times where he just went, and it didn't matter. And when he's going like that, we're not calling any plays. That's just Book. Devin Booker, he stole the show in Phoenix's first-round series win over the Clippers. But next, the top-seeded Nuggets. And these two teams, they meet in the postseason for the second time in the last three years. The Suns, they are favored in this matchup. And Devin Booker and Kevin Durant, they averaged over 65 points per game, Zach, in the first round. But Jamal Murray, Nikola Jokic, we know their two-man game is clicking. So what do you think is going to be the key to this series? 
Oh, man, what a series. Don't overlook this series. Paying attention to maybe Lakers, Warriors, Sixers, Celtics, all that. The star power in this series is incredible. And to me, it starts with how does Denver defend this Phoenix pick-and-roll attack with three of the greatest pull-up shooters in the history of the league all on one team? You can't drop back against them because they will rain fire all over you and shoot you right out of the gym. Do you blitz them? Do you come up to the level of the screen? That's what Nikola Jokic likes to do. Phoenix is starting to catch a rhythm on offense. Can they pass and drive around that Denver defense when they play like that? I think it's a it's a fascinating chess match on that end of the floor. And then how does anybody deal with Nikola Jokic in the post orchestrating and all of that? Big challenge for DeAndre Ayton. This is a fascinating series. It is. Zach Lowe, thank you very much. And I mean, expect plenty of points in this series, right? The Suns leading the playoffs in offensive efficiency. The Nuggets are right up there. But while the Suns, they're the favorites to come out of the West, the favorite to win the finals MVP is Jason Tatum. And Tatum had 30, 14, and 7 last night as the Celtics closed out the Hawks. And earlier this season, he sat down with our very own Doris Burke for a film session, breaking down some of his biggest matchups of the season, including Boston's next opponent, the Philadelphia 76ers. Tatum. Oh, what a wiggle. Tatum. Tatum. Tough shot is good. Tatum, the crossover, and the finish. So smooth, Jason Tatum. All right, so we're going to look at some clips. This first one, first of all, lacrosse is special here. Boom. Back in 19, you went left about 48% of the time. That's almost up to 53%. You're really learning the playoffs. You know, start of a series, you get this big packet of every guy's tendencies. You just want to be as versatile as you can uh, because, you know, when it really, really matters, you know, you're going to have to use all the tools in the toolbox. You know, the game honors good basketball. All right, let's roll to the next clip. If Blake's the five in the game, he's here, which means Joel is cross-matched initially. We put him in a tough position. Grant is a 40% three-point shooter. They have to make a decision. If I come off the screen, Grant is going to pop. Is Joel going to stay with me? Or is Melton going to stunt at Grant? And if he does, Malcolm knows he has to slash and make that closeout longer. So now we have a two-on-one on the backside. So this next section is some sidestep threes, particularly going left. Just watch our handle here. Boom, boom, boom. That's a tough shot, Jace. Going against Dennis Smith Jr., somebody that I've known since high school in the same class, and come down, give him an in and out behind the back, mm. you know, see him shuffle his feet. And it's, it's real subtle, but all I need is somebody to back up half a step, put their hands down, relax for half a second, and I got him. He's toast at that point. Yeah. Let's go to the game winner. Smart, bounce pass Tatum. Tatum puts up a three. Bang! Jason Tatum from downtown! There's trust on this play to me. And I thought Melton was in decent defensive position. It's just your hard stop. That's elite breaks by you. And, I mean, this is tough, right? I'm literally coming down the court full head of steam. Mm -hmm. That and defending the closeout, those are like the two hardest actions, you know, to defend. Yep. Your release point's high enough, Jason, that you're going to get your shot off. Mid-range shots. As a rookie, it was high. Mm -hmm. You are down to about 10%. How much of that is by design? Want me to shoot more threes. You know, I'm, I think I'm at like nine and a half, ten. 9.3? Career yeah. high. Yes, sir, <laughs> you're on it. <laughs> and there's always a time and place for mid-range, right? There's going to be moments in a playoff run to me where, where tough twos are going to have to happen. 
Golden State game, you're down four, under four to play. You're still looking at Draymond in the middle of the floor and Andrew Wiggins is gonna be back as this play unfolds. I'm coming down the court and they switch. So initially trying to get downhill, right? Smaller defender, right. hit him with my shoulder, create separation. You know, especially with guys that's shorter than me, those contests <laughs> don't necessarily matter as much right. uh, when you get to your spot and uh, raise up over the top. Tatum powers it down. You said, have we improved from last year? Absolutely. Is it enough to get to a championship? Last year we didn't start off great, but I think this year our offense generated a lot of really good shots. I think we all play extremely well together. Going into the playoffs, you want to be playing your best basketball. You want to be healthy, peaking essentially, playing together the best at the right time, mm. you know, to give yourself a chance to win a championship. And that's been our, our mindset this whole season, not me winning MVP, not guys being all-stars. It's can we get back to the finals and have a different result than we did last season. That's what it's about. That series gets started on Monday, but tonight the pressure is on across the street. We're going to tell you why the Grizzlies have a chance at doing something they have never done before this season. NBA Today will be right back. out there that say maybe maybe you shouldn't do that with one of the better players in the game. What, I guess what, what were you thinking? I don't care. He's old. He didn't poke the bad off. He pulled honey on him. That's what Dylan Brooks did. He, he pulled honey on himself. I hear from boy. I'm ready to play. And that's it. I appreciate it. And back the other way. Three on one. LeBron taking flight. Oh! Sitting with his chest. I've been doing this too long. I'm, I'm making no statements. He's been issued a flagrant foul penalty too and has been ejected from the game. Yeah, see you later. The fans making me a villain, the media making me a villain. That just creates a whole different persona on me. So now you think I intended to hit LeBron James in the face. I'm playing basketball, I'm a basketball player. It all goes down tonight in game six, and we're joined by our NBA reporter who covers the Grizzlies for us, Tim McMahon. And Tim, after game five, Desmond Bain, he all but guaranteed that we'd all be going back to Memphis for a game seven. And it's not like the Grizzlies lack confidence, right? But why specifically are they so confident that they are going to be able to extend this series? As you said, they are always confident. That's never <laughs> right. been an issue. Maybe too confident at times, but they feel like, hey, they easily could have won game five. If they, if they get a stop on the last possession of, of regulation, they do win that game. I mean, even when they got blown out in game three, John Morant made a point of twice pointing out, hey, we won the last three quarters. Not quite how the scoreboard's kept, but this is a team that is always going to believe in itself. And the other thing is, while Dylan Brooks has melted in the spotlight that he so desperately sought, mm. when he was poking that bear, he was not lying when he said LeBron James is old and this series has been back and forth every other day travel in between and let's be honest game five LeBron sort of looked his age if, mm. if that's the case again tonight obviously the Grizzlies really like their chances. You mentioned Dylan Brooks let's dive a little bit more into him because he, he's struggled in this mm -hmm. series right the fourth worst jump shooter in this postseason so what is the Grizzlies plan for him tonight? Well, it's complicated by Luke Kennard being questionable, and I, I think questionable is putting it pretty mildly. Just got back from shoot-around. It's that left shoulder, shooting shoulder right. that's injured. I'm here to tell you, he did not take a shot. 
He did not take a dribble. He was standing around, and when a ball bounced to that side, he reached with his right arm across his body. wasn't even moving his shoulder. I'd be surprised if he plays tonight, and that's the solution to, hey, do we need to pull the plug on Dylan Brooks? You saw that early in the third quarter. In game five, boom, the Grizzlies go on a run. Suddenly the spacing is wide open. And you give John Morant wide open space and Desmond Bain wide open space, and they can do a lot of damage. I don't I, – I would be surprised if they have that option. So they might just have to ride it out with Dylan Brooks and hope that he has – his first good shooting game of this postseason. Tim, thank you so much. You said the magic words, though. LeBron James and his last game. Now, I'm not going to be the one that calls LeBron James old. The Lakers are, in fact, five-point favorites tonight. But I want to get into his performance a little bit more with our esteemed panel here because, Perk, he only had 15 points in the last game, five of 17 from the floor, and afterwards, he vowed to be better. Really, Richard? <laughs> <laughs> I just Whoa, like it's man. a FaceTime, man. Pirouette with the camera. Guys, you know, listen, man. You got to make love to the camera. You know what I'm saying? I mean, and with that, Kendrick Perkins. Oh. Too much FaceTime. Happy Friday, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> this is Late Night with late Richard night. Jefferson. Yeah. <laughs> do the voice, Richard. Wait, do the voice. No, nah, no. Nah, do have, it. We don't have to do that voice. We don't have to do that voice. I just want to tell you, thank you for joining us, ladies and gentlemen. I, I I'm here with my esteemed I, colleagues. I didn't know Squid's head. Yeah, you're not Squid's head. I'm in, my, I'm in my moment right now. I got my one shell. You know what I'm saying? But the question is, will LeBron be in his moment tonight, Kendrick Perkins? Hell what do you yeah, expect he is. from him? Hell yeah, he is. Matter of fact, I believe he gets to the arena at, what, 2.30? 235 hours. He might be hours there now. Yeah, he might be there now. And look, we're going to see the best version of LeBron James tonight. He knows the importance of this game. He's going to come out. He's going to set the tone. He's going to be aggressive. He's not going to be settling. And he's not going to wait on Anthony Davis. We have seen this time and time again. We know he can look old at times, but he get the benefit of the doubt. Look old. He is old. No, he's not old. But I'm saying Are you old? Because yes. I'm very old. Ancient. Yeah. I mean. Yeah, we know he old. <laughs> so given that, given that it would be more travel, given that it would be going back and forth today, are we calling this must win at this point for the Lakers? This is absolutely a must win game for the Los Angeles Lakers yep. just because, yeah, that last game took, you know that going in there, they probably were not going to have the energy of the second half. They will absolutely have to win this, and LeBron James will have to do it because he has been the consistent factor along with some key pieces of the supporting cast. What's wrong, Perk? How is it a must Like, we keep saying must Man, win. Man, it's a must win. It's a must like, when you're must at home. Win. Stop. You're getting on the plane and you got everything. Did that help them last the time food, they got on the plane, the Perk? Cookies, the, Did it help them the last I, they time they got on the plane? They won game one. Okay, but we're at game they six. They won game one. I we're mean, at game was, six, it and it's the playoffs. different circumstances. He played 40, what, 48 minutes in game four. They took a 10-30 flight the next morning, got the in, Lakers lost The Lakers have a history time. late in the season of not performing after tough travel days. So you we going, know this. In a game seven, you're going against LeBron. I mean, Memphis looked great at home in, in game seven. In a game, uh, game answer his question. In a game seven, are you going against LeBron? In this circumstance, in, I am favoring the team, the Memphis Grizzlies. So, yeah, she is. So, yeah, she is. 
McKay is going well, to It's not just LeBron. Wow. Well, how about I'm this going series, for him in game friend. six. Keep it in, in the, the series. We'll be what done. about Philadelphia and Boston? We're going to preview that series coming up next because that, that series has some history. I'm taking him in six and you're forcing me to pick game seven? Like, what? Body language. My body language is always on point. We're going to get into the history between the Heat and the Knicks next. Y'all trying to get me in trouble. Man, we're going to have to go deep in the archives for this one. <laughs> the Knicks giving them Cavalier treatment. For the first time in 10 years, Knicks are in the second round of the playoffs. An amazing bounce back season continues. We get to play more basketball. Whenever we get to do that, it gives us another opportunity to get better and uh, move forward and um, continue to see where we can go. One down, two more to go. I think the finals, baby. I think the finals. Go New York. Go New York. Ah! Orange and blue skies. Yeah. Yeah. Welcome back to NBA Today. The Knicks, they beat the Cavs for the right to play the Miami Heat in the Eastern Conference semis. That series gets started Sunday on ABC. Fix your face, Rich. All right. You can. Let's look back at the history between these two teams. And we start in 1997. That was a common foul back in the day. That was my God, Pete. Honestly, that was a common foul. That was a common foul. That's just the way it played. That was like, what, Richard? That was a common foul. One more time. It was a common foul. <laughs> so the Miami Heat get the win in this one, but then when we we push forward the next three series, I mean, Knicks were rolling. Yeah, and, and this one was just a technical. Both of these guys kept playing. Look at, look at our guy Jeff. Look at Jeff. Ben 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 jumping, Jeff jumping in pockets. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff like, <laughs> said he ain't afraid to move some furniture. Jeff, how you got a five buttons? How you got a five buttons? suit on, Jeff. <laughs> and then let's get to 1999. Ooh, Allen Houston. Mm-hmm. The Heat lose that series in, what, five games? So we have a little, oh. bit, of, a little bit of history now. And then this is 2000. Uh-oh. Yep. By 2000. Is that Pat? Is that Pat? Yeah. Look at, I just love the Me and Van Gundy got the same haircut. If I had grown mine out, that's what it would look like. Richard, chill. And then here we go. There we go. Catch a body, big fella. There we go. Oh, well, there's a body. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, yeah. When LeBron enters. But these two obviously have a lot of history. So much, though, of this year's series is going to hinge on the health of Julius Randle. And so for more on Julius, Adrian Wojnarowski is back with us. He went down with an ankle injury in game five against the Cavs. What more can you tell us about his status? Yeah, I'm told there's going to have to be some pretty significant improvement here in the next 48 hours for Julius Randle to be ready for game one uh, for the start of this series. That ankle sprain, you know, he was out five games earlier, came back, and certainly you saw him playing through some pain early on uh, in the Cleveland series, re-aggravated it, Uh, didn't do much today, just some cardio stuff uh, around the Knicks workout. Uh, but again, uh, they're going to continue to work on that ankle with Julius Randle. He has shown this is a player who hadn't missed a game all season right. uh, before that ankle injury that kept him out the back end of the regular season. He has always showed a willingness to play through pain, but they're going to be careful with this, and uh, they want him for the for, for the, certainly to the, be able to have him for the middle and back end 
of this series and beyond potentially healthy. Uh, so uh, certainly some uncertainty for the Knicks now between now and 1 o'clock Eastern on, on Sunday. Some uncertainty, Richard, your expectations if Julius cannot go. Well, look, if Julius can't go, I, I think this is still a very, very close series, right? And, and I know Knicks fans hated the fact that I picked them over my Cavs. And my, and my, they hated the fact. But I was like, look, I'm telling you, this matchup is going to be very tough. If Julius Randle, let's say they sit him for a game. You let him get the Cavs. No, I did not pick the Cavs. I've been picking the Knicks this whole time. The whole time I picked the, picked the Knicks, don't listen to Perk. You picked the Cavs. Okay, do you want to go to the receipts? I do. Okay, we'll go to the receipts I later. Do. We'll go to the receipts. Yeah. We can bet. Anyways, back to what I was saying. Back to what I was saying. My point is this. Julius Randle, he needs a little bit of extra time, similar to Giannis. If he can get one game of rest, hopefully he can come back. And if Julius Randle can play at 80%, I think they win. So those series get started over the weekend, but we have another series going down tonight. And who were you talking about earlier, Cheney? Oh, game six, Clay. Oh, yes, it is game six, Clay. So will tonight be another one of those vintage performances that Clay Thompson has in game six? We'll be back in 60 seconds. That's the beauty of playing in today's age is you can go on YouTube and you can look up all your great moments. Will this be the final 12 minutes of the season? Here's Thompson has been on fire and he hits again. Hogan handoff Thompson. He'll take a three and got another one. Are you kidding me? I'll probably just YouTube game six play because there's some very high pressurized situations I was in and I ended up shooting the ball well and Thompson for three. Keeping that same mindset of shooter shoot. All right, let's head north to San Francisco for more on Game 6 tonight. Senior NBA writer for Anscape, Mark Spears, joins us from Chase Center. So, Mark, Clay Thompson said the Warriors' Game 5 win in Sacramento, it was their best win of the season. How do you assess that? Well, you know, right before the playoffs, I went on the radio locally, and I said there was nothing about this team that suggests that they could repeat as champions. Hmm. I, I changed that after the last <laughs> game. They look like a championship team after the last game. I mean, look, Steph, Steph, Clay is playing well. Looney is doing Wilt Chamberlain uh, rebounding numbers. But I think the big difference is three things. Uh, Wiggins is finally back. Mm. He looked great. He looked like that guy we saw in the playoffs that was an all-star last season. GP2, man, he's been a menace defensively. He's healthy now as well. And oddly, Draymond Green looks better coming off the bench. So, yeah, I agree with Clay. That was their best win of the season. And if they could continue to play like that tonight, I think it will be tough for the Kings to keep this series alive and tough for the rest of the West and the NBA possibly to beat them. Real quick, as we're coming up on the end of the show here, Mark, on the other side of the ball, how would you describe the pressure on the Kings? Well, I mean, this is new territory. Everything's new territory for them. And Fox had his toughest game last game. You know, he, he didn't shoot the ball well, and I think he aggravated his wrist. But, look, Mike Brown is going to have them mentally ready. This team was the best in the West on the road this season. And I think they know, like, if they could figure this out and get through this game, they get to go back north to the Golden 1 Center and, and try to survive and move on. So big, big challenge for Sacramento. But I think Mike Brown is going to have them right, especially if he could find something uh, for Sabonis to adapt to defensively. It all goes down tonight. Mark Spears, enjoy the game. Miss Chenea Gumake. Yeah. I understand that there may be something that you would like to <laughs> yes, correct. Yes, we need to <laughs> 
we need to let the record reflect that somehow, like Usher, I got caught up and I was talking about game six. I picked LeBron in game six. And so Ooh, now you pressure me about why game seven. Why your voice cracking? Why your voice cracking? I mean, now you ask me about game seven. I'm like, the series is over because I picked him in six. And then now, never bet against LeBron James in game She's seven. She's laying down like them baby hairs. You <laughs> lying. No, no, my baby man. hairs never Don't lay down. Lie like Mine are that. always. You guys try to confuse me. Hey, how did I take taking LeBron in game vocab. six? Go to, oh, you don't like him That's my perkisms. Okay, well, I never bet against the king. Let the record show baby hairs are laid. No, they're not. And Aguma K. Well, at mine are. And today. Agumake is not betting against the King if it goes Period. through Game 7, but still a must-win tonight. Six. But still a must-win tonight. Oh, the it ladies, is a must-win. The, the ladies yeah. going to be on their behinds like back pockets tonight. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to do it for us Both here on NBA Today. Both of y'all trying to get me in a trap. Happy Friday! Happy Friday! Happy Friday! Happy Friday! Happy Friday! Happy Friday! Let's go! <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen. Stay dressed.